0: okay health check one two three four looking pretty good we are going to be talking about periods and menstruation this episode was i was going to say this episode was brought to you by (laughs) (laughs) brought to you by mother
1: nature (laughs) Welcome to the Shit We Don't Tell Mom podcast. This is Christy. And this is Angie. And we're here to chat about the uncomfortable shit we secretly want to talk about as Asian millennials.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Shit We Don't Tell Mom. Today, we're going to be talking about menstruation. This episode was requested by one of our poop troops, Lauren, and she And she said, I think one taboo subject you guys should talk about would be menstruation. Women are definitely treated like their bodies is disgusting, even though menstruation is highly natural and signals that everything is working like it should be and that women is healthy. Absolutely agree with you. So what we decided to do was ask some of our friends, specifically some male-identifying friends, and we asked them two questions. And the first one... The first one is, and the first one is, tell me something off the top of your head about menstruation without Googling the more candid, the better. And the second question was to ask us something about menstruation. So we're going to be sharing what our friends have responded with their statement about menstruation, as well as what their question is for us.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just to emphasize, these are 10 of our friends, 10 of Christy's friends. There are some mutual friends. We didn't ask the same person twice. But also, this is not a a very accurate representation of men everywhere. Oh,
0: yes. Very, very good point. Yeah, this is what we're going to be talking about today is not a representation of women in general, because it's just going to be Angie and I's experiences and is not a representation of what men think or have thoughts about. In general, because our sample, our sampling methods are not very great. I also asked my partner, and his response was, "Is no goods, much pains, <laughs> like my GI, but no instant relief after explosion. And by explosion, he means like diarrhea, diarrhea. <laughs> GI as in gastrointestinal, Intestinal, yes." gastrointestinal GI so like gut problems Ah. and then and then the second question or his second response to or his response to the second question was why don't all girls that don't want to be preggers just get an IUD I'm gonna answer that just from my own knowledge and I don't know again not representative of all females I would say Cost is a huge factor because an IUD ain't cheap. That shit's like $400. The second thing would be health because you might not be suitable to have an IUD insertion or you your body could reject the IUD. So
1: it's not even an option for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty much either my experience or the experience of people I know as well. So that's a pretty good answer to wrap that up. And also IUD is just like painful. It's not like, it's not like I still get I get horrible cramps from my IUD. But anyway, hmm. that's a different experience. For that's me. a completely different experience. My cramps have actually gotten worse just because there's something there. So it's, it's gotten better in the sense that it doesn't last as long and my periods are lighter and whatever. But my cramps are like instead of a dull pain like it used to be, it's now a sharp pain. Have you talked to your gynecologist about this? Yeah, I have. It's it's normal. Hmm. Well, it's not, it's not common, but it's normal. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, and also, I get about three days, but it's every other day. So it's really annoying. So like I'll get it for a day. The next day it'll be gone. I'm like, okay, great. And then I'll get it again the day after. And then maybe two days goes by and then I'll have some more.
0: Okay, so let's talk about IUDs then, since we're talking about IUDs. <laughs> so it's so Angie has an IUD and so do I. I have the I have a type called Mirena, and that's the one, that's the non-copper one, it's the five-year one. And when I first had my IUD, I had a lot of troubles having it being inserted. So it took me three different times to go to uh different clinics with different inserters. <laughs>
1: Doctors? <laughs> yes.
0: Different doctors. So Stick it up my vagina. Your uterus. Well, you you got to like pass through the vagina yeah, to yeah. get to the uterus.
1: Just for those who are listening, for the men listening, like it, it goes in the uterus.
0: So anyways, the, the experience of getting the IUD was no fun. After the IUD, I don't typically feel... I don't feel it and I don't feel like my cramps are any worse. So already we have polarizing experiences with the IUD. I actually don't really get my period anymore. So I've saved a lot of money on pads and tampons in the last five years, which has been excellent. Do you think that
1: has offset the cost of the IUD? Probably, but I haven't done the math your next friend and this is from my friend mike oh this is a long one the variety of experiences from person to person is incredible whether that's heaviness thickness length regularity pain scale of cramps bracket if any other body effects e.g acne it's not just everyone bleeding a bit for for a week every month so that's his fact and that's really well put It's pretty woke of him. (laughs) Wow. I I I really like that he went
0: into the heaviness, the thickness, the length, the regularity, the pain scale. Like, that's pretty pretty comprehensive, I must say. Yeah. Good job, Mike.
1: (laughs) A few questions for you. How do you approach sex when menstruating? Have you encountered guys who refuse to go near you or insist on anal slash BJs instead? How do I approach it? I...
0: Oh, God! I guess it depends on where I'm at in the relationship with this person. If it's my f- first time like how do I put this? <laughs> if we haven't had sex while I was already on my period, then i w- I would actually feel awkward and uncomfortable and but I would really want it.
1: oh yes, the whole so and and like
0: everything. it feels better. I think it feels better.
1: I don't know that. I yeah, I don't know why that would be the case because biologically it doesn't make sense. But I agree. <laughs> I
0: think okay, and this is the part where I, I'm forgetting all of my bio twelve. I think it's like the thickness of your walls. Oh, that might and, the, have and an your effect. uterus is lower, and then also like hormones yes, happening. Hormones probably, so. Yeah. <laughs> And hormones make you feel things. Oh, so yeah. how do I how do I approach it? I would just I would tell them and be like, yo, so I'm on my period. And then and then let and then it kind of gauge their response to see their comfort level. Uh-uh. If it's like a hot and steamy makeup session, you know what I mean? And then it's it's like leading to sex, but I know I'm like flowing then I it, it wouldn't be a no or a yes it would just be like
1: let's do pause, something else let's
0: pause for makeout session let me just tell you so I also have my period right now gauge their response and if they're like okay let's grab a towel and
1: I'll be like all right let's do yes. this <laughs> yes let's grab
0: a towel Good that's spot. like my favorite line <laughs> Because not only are they, you know, they don't care and they just want to get it on. They are also considerate of the bed sheets. Yes. And I don't know. That's just like
1: extra hot. The towel is very important. Even if it might seem silly, the towel is very important for yes. the exact reasons that Kirsty have just said. <laughs> so
0: poop troops, get a towel.
1: <laughs> so the... Second question he had was, do you openly talk about menstruating with other guys in your life? If Wait, menstru- hold
0: up, hold up, hold up. Mike also says, have, have you encountered guys who refuse to go near you or insist on anal slash BJs instead?
1: I, I don't recall. They would just be like, oh, okay. And then they seem like a little bit dejected from it. Then it's like, okay, whatever. They're not into it. But I don't think anybody would be like, ew, gross, get away from me. Or insist like you have to pleasure me a different way. Like, I don't think I've been in those situations because that would be a pretty shitty situation to be in.
0: I mean, okay, so you know how, like, memory is fake because you just make it up every time you revisit that memory? Uh Uh-huh. I feel like it may have happened to me before, like, where someone had refused because I was on my period. And they may even have suggested I do something else to continue to pleasure them
1: instead did you grab a towel and whip them in the face <laughs> in <laughs> hindsight that's what i should have done <laughs> i'm sorry you went through that that's really shady. but i
0: i don't actually remember if that really happened Heaven? or not so it it may or may not have happened and i can think of the person
1: mm. okay
0: let's go to the next question not that I'm avoiding, but it's <laughs>
1: there's nothing more to say there. So Mike's next question is, do you openly talk about menstruating with other guys in your life? If you're hesitant, why is that? And what do you need in order to feel comfortable talking about it and normalizing it in conversation? I feel
0: like it's not up to us to normalize it because we do. I think it's more like men should normalize talking about the females in their life. And them going through menstruation and educating themselves about menstruation. I agree. So do I openly talk about it? I think that depends. Like if I'm on my period, I'll let people know I'm on my period. Yeah. But I probably won't be like, oh, today was a heavy flow. (laughs) <laughs> like I had to change three times, well, and think- it got onto my
1: pants. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? If it was that bad, I may I may just yeah. <laughs> yeah, it you're right. Like you are right. Just, it depends. Like think of it like a bowel movement. Does it warrant a story? Like yes, correct. Yeah, you know, like if it was just like a normal thing, you are not gonna update your friends. But it was just so bad or so good, you might say to your friend, "Hey, today was a ten out of ten. <laughs>
0: that is correct. Treat menstruation like bowel movements. Oh my God. Is that our takeaway from today? My goodness. In terms of talking about it. Do I hesitate? Not, no, not anymore. I think I I would have hesitated when I was younger because it was something you just don't talk about, right? It's another taboo subject in society. So I think, you know, in high school or even university, I, I might not talk about it as much it would be more like yo do you have a tampon i can borrow you know like pulling people to the side and whispering to them like yo can you check my pants and you would always just do that with a fellow female friend yes you know i still might not ask a guy friend to check my pants i don't know
1: now this question's making me think yeah i don't think i would ask a guy friend to check my pants either Yeah, because like like you said, like, I I don't know what their comfort level is. And I agree with Christy 100% about what you said about how it's up to men to normalize it and not us to normalize it. Because we're obviously comfortable talking about it with people who are comfortable with it, a.k.a. other women. But we'll never know if a man is comfortable with it or not. And I don't know Mm -hmm. what a solution that would be. Like, I don't think all the men should go up to their female friends, be like, hey, is your flow here today? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey what is your next period I want to like normalize it with you so I don't know I don't know I think it also depends on like society too right like like tampon commercials used to have like that blue liquid
0: yeah yeah um, yeah it was only really looks like dish
1: soap yeah I'm like who's what kind of alien is ejecting blue period fluid out of their vagina like I think Avatar word, shit there. <laughs> like this is avatar period <laughs> While I, while you know like I think it was only recently or something like maybe even last year that they started changing it to red. I don't know. I don't watch commercials anymore.
0: I didn't even notice that. I'm I'm glad that there's some form of societal shift happening that they are updating the color of the blood representation in commercials. <laughs> I, we started this episode saying like, we're not going to be uncomfortable. We're going to be super comfortable because we have our periods. But now I feel a little bit uncomfortable because I'm thinking like, why, what, why do I need to base my comfort level about my period on another person's comfort level?
1: Or is that just me being considerate of another person's I would say it's being more considerate because you can't automatically assume that everyone's comfortable talking about bodily fluid. Like menstruation mm. itself should not be taboo, but it's still a body fluid. And I'm not just going to go around talking about my saliva, my snot, and True. my farts with it. Okay.
0: No, of- <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. We typically don't talk about each other's bodily fluids.
1: But why? <laughs> that's what what this podcast is all about why why are this shit uncomfortable well i don't know if it's uncomfortable like for me like i'm not going to talk to a stranger about it because i don't think they would care and then i with my friends again i'm not going to talk to them about it unless i think it's a funny story Mm -hmm. but i but i will say that like between my partner and i i'm pretty open with that stuff Mm -hmm. yeah yeah,
0: me too but i just i just feel like it should go beyond our partners
1: you know what i'm saying? Yeah, I'll I'll talk about poops with my close friends and periods with my close friends. Yeah,
0: but how many of those people are men? (laughs) (laughs) Final question from Mike. Just how expensive is it when you take into account pads, tampons, cups, period underwear, etc.? Any suggestions on how to make products
1: more affordable and available for everyone who needs them? Mike has seen a few roadside boxes in Vancouver stocked with free products for people who might need that's actually a really good question. I guess I'm lucky I never ha- I've never had to think about like, oh my God, I can't afford this because I got to go buy pads and tampons. I think the people who are most vulnerable would see this as like a really limiting issue. Like if they don't have enough pads or tampons then maybe they can't leave the house. Like just how expensive? I don't know because
0: I didn't do the math, but a box of tampons, how much is that? Like seven bucks for a thing of,
1: 30? I think it's ten ninety nine for a thing of 36 Okay. And uh, let's fucking do some math. So it's...
0: <laughs> I fucking love this shit. Okay. Yeah. There's like PST and GST. I'm going to add some tax. So it's going to be like 12 31 Okay. So divided by 36. So it's about like $0.34 cents per tampon. Okay. So now how many tampons would you go through per month?
1: Would you say before I had my IED, I think this should be based on pre IED. Yeah, based on pre Yes, yes. Oof. On my heaviest days, I would probably go through like five or six. And okay. then lighter days, I would still go through like three or four, but it'd be the light version because you don't want to wear the wrong tampon size for your flow because you can get toxic shock
0: syndrome. So just give, just give me a number in a okay, month. Okay, let's just say How many? 20 a month. 20 per period. Okay, you and I have very different period routines. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I definitely struggle every time I'm in the tampon and period, period tampon and pads aisle in the gro- in the grocery store or in the pharmacy because they are really fucking expensive and I will typically choose the cheapest version. And I I have in the past like ration my use of pads. So I will have one pad a day and then I will line it with toilet paper. So then I just change out the toilet paper and then the pad is just like as extra protection. But really, it's toilet paper that's doing all of the absorption. Tampons, I only use one a day and I don't switch between light or non-light. And this is probably like not I, don't take this as advice i'm just saying what i done. <laughs> tampons are more expensive than pads so i would only use tampons if it was a convenient thing to do like if i was playing a sport that day and would be better
1: to use a tampon for example so while you were talking i was listening don't worry i also googled <laughs> like how much do canadian women use spend on tampon actually according to estimates by the huffington post the average woman uses about five liners and 20 tampons per cycle. So I was... Holy shit. Pretty on par. <laughs> I'm definitely below, below average. average. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've, I've never purchased liners. The only time I've ever used liners are donations from friends. So I am the fucking recipient of donations. So <laughs> <laughs> people will give me their leftover tampons or pads or whatever because like, perhaps they got an IUD and then they stopped flowing and they have extra stock, so they'll they'll give it to me because i am I am poor. <laughs> You're frugal. I am frugal because I am frugal, and it's you know it's gonna need to be used anyways, right?
1: Okay, so next person, oh wait, and no don't forget about all the underwear you throw away when you leak.
0: Oh, I I've, don't throw them
1: away. I've also thrown away jeans because I just no matter how many times I wash it, it could not come out. ah, uh, yes, yeah. jeans. So jeans, underwear, and then I ended up buying some of those those leak-proof underwear, and they're expensive. They're like almost $50 a pair. But then they'll save my... Holy fuck! Yeah, but then they'll save my $100 jeans.
0: Yeah, we live different lifestyles. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So the next person we have is Tom, and Tom says, pads have stickies, wings, and different thicknesses. It happens about once a month. It's painful and messy, and limited activities It's the discharge of lining of an unfertilized egg not incorrect tom so his question is my biggest confusion are about ovulation timing that i was really surprised i'm like okay
1: yeah that's a yeah i mean that's part of the cycle i don't think about it and i don't even know it that well myself (laughs) i just know that ovulation comes first And then after a while, like what he said, I was like, well, my time is up here Bye." and then period comes. I was going to attempt to explain it, but then I
0: don't want to use the incorrect terminologies. But yes, ovulation comes first. Now, the fact that Angie and I don't think about the ovulation cycle does not indicate how unimportant it is, because for people who are trying to get pregnant, that is fucking gold. Okay. to know more, listen to that episode that we had with. Georgie Ma what episode is that 11 14 14 (laughs) listen to episode 14 we'll link in the show notes that one is amazing because Georgie talks all about how she times her ovulation and there was what was it like ovulation sticks that she had
1: yes those things where you pee on it to see if you're ovulating I like how you remember stuff like that, but then I remember exactly which episode it is. <laughs> <laughs> See, we so, complement each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. Okay, next question. So my friend said that one of his wife's friends has a health condition where, where they have periods for like months at a time. Sounds scary. That does sound scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think right now it sounds scary to me because I don't know what it is. Correct. I once had
0: my period for, I think, two and a half months nonstop whoa (laughs) yeah and what what happened like did you go to the doctor it was an issue with my iud it was basically coming out of my body which so when you first get an iud we're, we're talking about this is a iud episode everyone typically when you first get your iud in the first six months they like to monitor it to make sure that it's still in place and it's not moving around and once it's been in there for six months, then you're you're pretty good to go. So after you get your IUD, you get a checkup in six months, and they're like, yep, you're good to go. And then you kind of just, it's like set it and forget it. My IUD, the, or the first IUD that I had, after about a year and a half, it started to move around, and then my body wanted to get rid of it. And so it was treating it like trying to shed a lining. So it just yeah. kept having the period. Oh. Non stop. It, it was literally my body was trying to get rid of this foreign object.
1: Oh, I see. I see. So I just
0: kept having my period for like two and a half straight months until I finally went to the guy and i'm like, yo, so it's been like some time. And then they just take it out. This is super rare. So anybody who's listening and they're freaking out about getting an IUD, this is super, super rare. It's one of those like 0.3% chances. And I was the zero point three, what so I already I already took the zero point three. So you're good to go.
1: <laughs> I said, "What the heck?" Like earlier when we first started talking about IUDs, you made yours sound like it was such a smooth process, and now you're like, <laughs> "Bam!" Just kidding. I had I bled for two and a half months. Yeah, cause but I body- also said I also said I needed three
0: people to like insert it in me.
1: Oh, right, 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 right. You needed three inserters.
0: Yeah, well, not at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's <laughs> okay i mean i think like the that condition does sound pretty extreme and pretty scary to have so this is not a medical podcast so we're not going to go into that but no that just sounds no fun at all yeah. and i hope that all is well my friend Andy. Something that he knows about menstruation is you can take continuous contraceptives to skip your period and you can do this long term. Spoiler alert, he's in healthcare. Correct? Yes, correct. They may change your period cycles or they might actually stabilize it, which is what pills had done for me.
1: Right. One of my friends, he asked, sorry, he said, there is blood and women have different flows. That was a statement. Yes. Okay, very, okay. very straightforward. And his question is, is it common for most women to still have sex while on their period?
0: Well, I don't know if it's common and I can't speak yeah. for most women, but yeah, I do it. Yeah. And do you do it? Yeah. And towels. <laughs> <laughs> always, I, always offer to bring a towel. I
1: only do it when it's lighter though. Not when it's heavy. Mm. Although it hasn't been heavy in a while. Is it because of the discomfort
0: or is it because of, okay, is it because of the physical discomfort caused by cramping or is it caused by the mental discomfort of knowing you are heavy
1: flowing? The mental discomfort.
0: Mm. Why?
1: I also just don't like the feeling if it's really heavy. It's like too lubricated. Was that TMI?
0: I don't think there's such thing as TMI on this podcast.
1: <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, it's just like if there's too much it's just, I don't know, it doesn't feel great. Like it's too slippery, like a yeah, fucking slippery, slip exactly. Just like yeah. too much slurp slurp. Yeah, not that I have actually <laughs> done it, but I feel like it would just be too yeah, slip and slide. Slip hmm. and slide.
0: Maybe that's why I prefer it because I naturally am on the drier side. So that when I am on my period, it's like I need that extra lubricant, you know? The next person, GL, says, for their statement, periods may affect women's mood and temperament negatively. What do you think about that, Ange?
1: Yes, for me.
0: Yeah? but I say it's a pretty blanketed statement? I mean... It is pretty blanketed. And then their question is, how do you cope with menstruation slash periods?
1: Oh, so I used to have this fuzzy water bottle. I would fill it up with hot water and I don't know, it just makes it like a little bit nicer rather than sitting there with like a rubber thing on my on my lower abdomen. I had to use it all the time on my lower abdomen and on my lower back.
0: I definitely agree with having hot things. I also say hot beverages are helpful and to that, I purposely avoid cold beverages, that's definitely wisdom passed on from my mother that surprisingly works for me. And so I do find that when I avoid cold beverages, my cramps are way better and having hot beverages are actually soothing and they are helpful.
1: Yeah. And something on the less physical side is I always give myself the day off when I have uh, really bad cramps. It usually happens like the first day of my period and I'm just like in the worst mood and I don't think that's I think at that point it's not even hormonal because the hormonal mood thing usually comes like the week before for me on that day where like I have bad cramps and I just feel like shit I feel bloated I just give myself the day off Um, of course I know that's not a luxury that everybody can have and sometimes I can't take that day off but if I can I will and To add to Mike's earlier question, one thing to add to that list of costs is like painkillers. Yes. And just, you know, taking a day off. Some women might lose their wages because they needed a day off or time off to rest. So actually, you know, the cost of periods is way more than just tampons and pads.
0: Correct. Yes.
1: This next question is from Steve. You guys might remember Steve from episode 28 where we
0: talk about resiliency As Steve shared his stories when he moved over to Vietnam and then had a major low and he shared that story with us. So check that out. We will link it in the show notes. So let's let's hear what Steve has to say.
2: Hey, Christy and Angie, you guys have some of the most hilarious questions. So I'm excited for this episode on menstruation. I can't believe there's an episode about this, but hey, this is shit uh, you don't tell mom, right? I think I got that name, right? Shit, you don't tell... We don't tell, mom. Okay, got it. Okay, all right, back to your questions. Number one, what is something on top of my head about menstruation? Gosh, uh, it happens once a month, and it started in high school. Not to me, but to my fellow friends. Um, yeah, and uh, at first, when I found out what it was about, it kind of grossed me out, and I didn't ask about it, and I haven't thought about it until now, so... Thank you. <laughs> Number two, ask us something about menstruation. Ooh, the first thing that comes to mind is how much blood comes out during menstruation? I'd be curious, like is it like a shot glass full? Is it a whole cup? Like it sounds like it's a lot. Uh, and then very third question. No, no, you can keep my whole name in. Steven's fine, Stephen knows fine. Either or, I don't really care. Anyways, I hope that answers your hilarious questions. Those are the three male inputs. And I hope that's what you're looking for. All right. Take care. All the best. Cheers. Bye.
0: Okay. So I do want to say it doesn't happen always in high school because mine happened in elementary school. When did you first get yours?
1: Ah, yeah. I got mine when I was 11. I don't know what grade that is. I go by grades. Grade. I remember the first time I got it was actually when I went camp with elementary school we went on to this like partially subsidized trip which was pretty cool we went camping we were asked if we wanted to go on a speedboat and i put my hand up and then i just remember it being really cold on the water but then it felt really warm where my crotch was and i'm like this is weird because i was really fucking cold and wet but i felt like warm liquid and i'm Mm -hmm. like that can't be my pee i know i'm not peeing and then of course like after We got back to the campsite. I went to the bathroom and I was like, oh. And I don't remember what I did, but I must have asked a teacher about it.
0: You know, that's something we don't (laughs) talk about enough of because, yeah, people know it's blood, okay? But blood comes from the body and it is warm. And so when it just leaks out of your body and into your underwear, it doesn't just like, you know, trickle down your thighs. It stays in there. It's like, kind of trapped in there. So you know what, Steve, don't feel bad that
1: you thought it was gross at first, because I also thought it was gross at first.
0: (laughs) I don't remember the sensation of my first time. But I do remember that it was on February fourteenth. So I was in grade seven. And I don't remember how I discovered it. But for sure, I went to a teacher and freaked out. And they called my mom and my mom came to school. And this is a big deal because I live with my dad. My dad has full custody of me. My teacher at the time was also really helpful. And they like slipped me a pad in the washroom and taught me how to use it. But yeah, I must say kudos to all the elementary school and high school teachers who have been there for us during this time. Yeah. We don't appreciate them enough.
1: That's right. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Okay, so then our next friend who also shared with us, his name is also Steve. So, Steve number 2, their fact to share is there's this awful thing called dysmenorrhea. I think it's caused by overzealous <laughs> I think it's caused by overzealous uterine muscles trying to molt, causing exquisite pain. <laughs> Apparently, hot compress and orgasms help with pain. <laughs> Very good, Steve.
1: Oh my God. Like, that's what I have. I have dysmenorrhea.
0: <laughs> and you also have hot compresses and orgasms to help that's- with your pain. <laughs> it is a proven treatment method everyone
1: (laughs) yes there you go wow i'm very impressed that he knows what dysmenorrhea is because a lot of women don't know what dysmenorrhea is so i don't normally say oh i have dysmenorrhea because it sounds like diarrhea not that there's anything wrong with diarrhea but you know just no i I know,
0: know but like so then what do people people will just think that you said diarrhea
1: Or they'll just be like, oh, what's dysmenorrhea? And then I have Ah, to go into explaining it. So I usually just say, oh, I have really bad cramps. And then there's no need to explain, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm dysmenorrhea is just like, it's exactly what Steve said. And yeah, it's painful. I remember back in high school, there was one time where I nearly passed out. Oh my gosh. I was basically like on the table, like with my head buried in my arms. This was during like an English class. And then I looked up and my teacher was like, oh my god is everything okay and i was like like how the hell does he know right because this was during like 20 minute reading hour reading (laughs) 20 minute reading hour do you remember (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i just realized what was wrong with that sentence (laughs) do you not remember when we had silent reading we had (gasps) mandatory reading i mean i forgot all
0: about it until you just mentioned it but yeah yeah, i remember it i
1: really unlocked a memory during silent reading which is 20 minutes before lunchtime i was just collapsed on the table and people do that all the time like people would just nap instead of reading so when i looked up and he said that i was really surprised because like how would he know i was in so much pain apparently he said my face was white as a ghost oh and then i went to the nurse's office and i was there for like the next three hours basically
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah, there was lots. I actually spent a lot of time in the nurse's office in high school when I was on my period because I couldn't even sit up straight in class. That's really
0: debilitating. And like, I don't think so. Not everybody has this, but I think when people do have it, it's. It's really tough because a lot of people don't understand and they don't really have the full empathy of like, oh, this is not just a period. This is actually a health condition, Mm -hmm. like something extra is going on on top of my period. And it really affects your ability to participate and do work and study and
1: et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah. And that could be the reason why my IUD is still giving me a lot of a lot of pain, but it has definitely reduced the frequency and the length mm. of my of my cramps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cuz that's what the hormones do.
0: So Steve's question is, do people who menstruate know when hormones are messing up their mood? So do you know and when your hormones are like going haywire?
1: I do now. Because now I'm on medication for bipolar. So my moods are more stabilized anyway. I didn't mm. used to. And I used to be like, oh, that's a myth. Because my mood changes all the time. <laughs> but now I actually notice it. So all of a sudden, I'll be a bit more moody than usual. And, and by moody, I don't just mean like angry. By moody as in like my moods change very rapidly. They go from happy to sad really quickly. Which is kind of like what bipolar is anyway. And I'll be like, why am I feeling like this? Oh, wait, hold on. I'm getting my period next week. Would you ever get confused between like your bipolar
0: acting up versus, oh, my period's coming?
1: Oh, yeah, all the time. I still don't know if that's the case or not. I just have to be like, well, I'm moody. What can I do?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really complicated, especially because like you're still new to having medication to help stabilize. I'm glad that that in itself, because of the stabilization, it's making things a little bit more noticeable Mm -hmm. for you. But it's is—it's tough, right? And and sometimes, not sometimes, I think all the time, you just have to really pay attention to yourself and and just learn what it is about your body. So for me, I feel like I did not fully understand, especially at the beginning. I think now that we're in our 30s, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we've experienced we've experienced the sensation of having a period a little bit more now. So we are a little bit more in tune with our body. It's not always accurate. I can sometimes tell when it's coming or not. And for me, because my periods are irregular and they've always been irregular, even before the IUD and all of that. Mm-hmm. I've always had irregular periods. So I can never tell. If I am being moody because my peer is coming, because I can't just go and check the calendar and be like, oh, yeah, my period should come next week. So, yeah, this explains it because I don't have a fucking regular calendar. Nowadays, I feel like I can sometimes tell both physically and emotionally but some days I'm just wrong. Like I'm like, oh, I think I can. F- I feel a little bit more irritable in the last few days, or I feel a little bit more moody in the last few days. I think maybe my period's coming up. So I'll typically have this conversation with my partner, right? I'll be like, yeah, I'm feeling not so great. I think my period's coming.
1: And, <laughs> I- I- yeah, and like after going through therapy and learning how to ma- manage my emotions and just like learning all about managing bipolar for me at the end of the day like you knowing why I'm mooding doesn't actually help that much it helps definitely but it mo- it doesn't help as like it's not like it'll go away just because you know like I I can't just act out because I'm getting my period I tried to you know not make it more difficult to other people so I just try well, to manage my mood
0: having your period is not an excuse to be an asshole Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I also do want to say, I mean, again, I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like the stereotype of being very moody and, you know, hormones going everywhere, while yes, that is true and so many things are happening to our body, it's pretty subtle sometimes. It's not like all of a sudden you're just some nice dandy person and then, then you become a monster the next second, at least I haven't experienced such a drastic shift in mood and behavior. It's pretty subtle. So you may or may not notice. And because first person, you know, you're like the last person to notice anything about yourself, right? Everybody yeah. else kind of noticed things before yeah. you ever notice things. So you you may feel like, oh, in the last few days, I'm like, yeah, a little bit more irritable, a little bit more sleepy. Maybe I'm feeling – I feel – When my, I was going to say stomach, but that's not correct. I I can sometimes physically feel it. But again, sometimes I'm wrong and my period doesn't come. So basically what I'm saying is the stereotype of PMSing and being, I don't know, angry or craving foods, while that does happen, it is more subtle than society tells it to be. Yes, well said. (laughs) Was it though? Was it? So the next person <laughs> that we have is an anonymous person, and their statement is cramps hurt like a bitch.
1: Not always.
0: And, and that's it. Yeah, not always. But I mean, they're, they're no pancakes. That's like true. it's. <laughs> not like it's a fun time like i would much rather not have a cramp but it doesn't it's all it's not always like keel over fetal position can't breathe hot compression now gonna die type of
1: scenario Uh, yes (laughs) your
0: enthusiasm
1: in this episode is riveting (laughs) no no you know why because some of the questions are getting repetitive (laughs) like oh it's pain It seems like a lot of the questions or statements are about the pain of menstruation. So this is from my friend Andrew. And this is what he says. I heard menstruation is basically like this. Literally every woman on the planet has a body that prepares them to have a baby every single month. And that body literally prepares the perfect environment to literally destroy the entire environment and rebuild that shit all over again the next month. I'm
0: glad this person has an appreciation of what the female body can do. Yeah, it's pretty dope ass. What's their question?
1: I'd be curious about certain rituals based on when and where women are at with their menstruation cycle. For instance, have girls timed it so that they are more creative or more energetic or more tired on certain days of their cycle and therefore do certain activities during that time? For instance, if day 12 of the cycle, they usually notice they're tired, then they save their favorite Netflix show for that day. Oh, my goodness. Okay, okay. people
0: cannot see my facial expressions as you're listening to this episode right now. But every single point that Angie had just read, I made a different face. And each face <laughs> was less and less impressive because... Holy shit, does this person think that we have that much control and like I, I for okay, I'm gonna answer for me.
1: No. I'm gonna answer for me. Yes. I don't think oh. he means I think his question he means it more like, do you plan around your cycle? Well, I cannot because my cycle is
0: unpredictable. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. That's true. I do plan vacations like I try to plan vacations pre-IUD days when I try to find some like try to have a cycle. When I was on birth control pills, that would be way more predictable because I can physically see it. Right. So having birth control pills really stabilized and made my period come a lot more regularly. Okay, so my friend Sam, his question is, do girls ever blame their period for their mood or is it just an offensive to bring up no matter what gender you are, period? So mm. I'm not sure what that latter part means, but earlier I had said having your period is not an excuse to be an asshole. So I do feel like maybe some folks would use their period as some sort of an excuse to not be kind. And I feel like that just paints women in general with a negative brush.
1: I, I don't know if it's offensive. I guess the offensive part isn't the fact that you're relating it to your period. Because yes, you know what, it does affect mood if I'm bloated and I have sore back. And yeah, it's gonna affect my mood. But I think it's offensive if like your girlfriend, your friend, your coworker actually has something legitimate to be upset about. And your response is, are you on your period? Then that mm. is very offensive. Because okay, yeah. you, one, you're gaslighting them. You're trying to make them into thinking that they're crazy because they have absolutely nothing to be upset about. And then you blame it on their, like, body. So I think in that case, it is incredibly offensive. But yeah, again, I think it just, like, bringing it up is depends on the situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed. Okay, so then we're almost close to the end. Next, we have David. And David says, periods are a week long and they require chocolate, cheese puffs, and normally something deep fried to appease the demon that is ravaging the poor woman. Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, my. How is is this accurate?
1: (laughs) I don't know whether I should laugh or just like what you said earlier, like it kind of. Is just a stereotype. What I actually
0: really like about this one is that it's not it's not stereotyping the woman who is going through. It. It's stereotyping the situation, which I think makes me feel a lot better <laughs> about. Because That's true. what what makes me feel not good about the whole stereotyping situation is when you're just pointing fingers and then you're you're saying, you know, like you're gaslighting, like oh oh she's just on her period. Oh, it's just PMSing. You know what I mean? Like kind of blaming the person and saying. Like saying the person sucks, whereas in this situation, David is like, "Oh, like this poor woman. This thing is happening to them.
1: That's for poor us. Poor us. Please buy me lots of chocolate and cheese puffs." So his question is, "Why does everything I do bother you during this time?" Oh, poor, poor oh, David. Guy. Is it because of the pain? What can I do to dull said pain? Cranberry pills.
0: this I'm just gonna like totally make assumptions here but I feel like poor David it sounds (laughs) like you have been taken advantage of I don't know does everything Nick does bother you at the time of
1: your month no because everything he does bothers me all the time oh my god (laughs) I'm kidding I'm kidding I love him very much no I don't think so no no I don't think so I don't think it's specifically during my period we mentioned moods earlier, irritability, etc.
0: But I I wouldn't specifically target it at a person. Yeah. I'd be irritable about everything. Like if my fucking Chromecast is taking 30 seconds longer to connect, yeah, I'm going to fucking flip shit. Okay?
1: That's true. <laughs> so it's, we're, we're not irritable at you. We're irritable next to you.
0: It's just like, in, exactly. We're yeah. just irritable in general. And this yes. is only if it gets to that point even, right? Yes. So I'm going to say... No, David, it is, it's not you. It's not your fault. <laughs> I know, right? Poor David. Okay, so our last one for today comes from one of the people. Irving. Irving, ha- Irving joined us on our podcast back in episode 22 where we talked about social justice and how to talk about it with your parents. So check that out. Again, link in the descriptions. So Irving's statement is a really long one. <laughs> <laughs> so irving says i know i learned a lot about the cycle of hormones and such in bio 12 but i don't remember anything what i do know is that periods suck and can slash do hurt a lot that menstrual products are highly sought after donation items Ooh, correct that menstrual products aren't covered by health care correct also companies should offer people who menstruate paid time off and before anyone argues with this (laughs) if execs can give themselves pay raises and bonuses during a fucking pandemic they can take care of their workers if they actually cared about anything else but exploitations this is all to say a lot of taboo and stigma created around periods and menstruation is a thing invented by the patriarchy to solidify its own powers Yes. Let's just insert some, like, applauses here, please. Insert applause. Yes, the cost of menstrual products. We had mentioned that throughout this episode. The cost of birth controls and contraceptions and IUDs. The cost of our clothing that gets ruined. The cost of medication to manage our pain. The costs due to time loss at work and productivity. And then the cost of just fucking joy, because if you have your period on your vacation and you can't go fucking swimming or scuba diving with all your friends, okay, that is just no funds, okay? It's, this, is, this is high cost, high stakes shit here, okay? And people need to understand this.
1: Exactly. It's not just all tampons and pads.
0: Irving's question is, how can people who don't menstruate better support the
1: people that do? I would say pay attention, like pay attention. Obviously, Irving pays attention. Obviously, Mike pays attention. Obviously, all these other people who gave us really good insight into their experiences with the women in their lives have been listening uh, and paying attention. Not attention as like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, fuck, what is that word? Like, listen. If women have something to say about period, like, listen. It's not. It's not just something that affects women, so that means you don't have to listen to it.
0: I have two things. The first thing I wanted to say is just because it happens every month doesn't mean that the severity is diluted. So I feel like when we are exposed to things a lot of times, then it's not often talked about or they feel like the impact is not very strong because it's not newsworthy, right? It's just like, "Mm, this, this is just shit that happens every month. but. Yeah, it's shit that happens every month, but every time it's different. One of our previous contributors said, it's basically our bodies rebuilding our linings all over again. Like, it's really fucking amazing how our bodies can do that. And just because we have experience of going through it every month doesn't mean that it gets easier every month. It doesn't make it any less unworthy to talk about just because Ah. it's happening every month. Ah, that's a very good point. And the second thing that I wanted to say is to advocate alongside with us. Don't just make this the job of the women to advocate for ourselves. Like Angie said, seek to understand and seek to learn the impacts. But also, you know, I mentioned, we talked about this earlier. It's not just up to us. It's also like we need everybody involved when it comes to advocating things for you know reducing the tax or or making sure that we are able to take sick leave or changing policies around what gets covered in healthcare like these are things that are not just up to women to advocate for we also need everybody else to advocate alongside with us and make us tea and bring us dark chocolates <laughs> that would be a great way to help and i think that wraps up this episode Thank you again to all of our friends who helped us out on this episode. We hope that some of y'all poop troops will feel a little bit heard because we don't we don't talk about periods enough and for folks who didn't know as much maybe you had learned something today.
1: Thank you for listening to the Shit We Don't Tell Mom podcast with Christy and with Angie. Get that uncomfortable shit out in the open with your partner, a dear friend, a trusted family member, and with us. And as much as we love talking, we also love to listen.
0: Hit us up with any feedback or topics you'd like us to chat about on Instagram at Shit We Don't Tell Mom or email us at Shit We Don't Tell Mom at gmail.com. Be sure
1: to subscribe and share with your friends. Bye! Bye. And I think that wraps up this episode. Thanks for listening and see you next time. I mean, (laughs) wow. I'm also tired too.